Adam West. Hey, kids, Batman. Dad, that's not the real Batman. Of course I'm Batman. See, here's a picture of me with Robin. Who the hell's Robin? Oh, I guess you're only familiar with the new Batman movies. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> the only true Catwoman is Julie Newmar, Lee Merriweather, or Eartha Kitt. Welcome, everyone, to the newest episode of The Frustrated Fans, episode 51. Yep, we're now in the new stretch to get to episode 100. Today, we're going to be covering Batman, the 1966 movie. I'm Jeremy. I'm Pete. And yay, we got to watch something fun today. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, we definitely need to take a break from... I, I'm still what? scrubbing away the the aftertaste of Nemesis. God, it it, it won't go away. I, it's still there. Well, when I close my eyes, I, I I just see it. I hear Worf's digitally edited voice. Well, you could always take take a nice a nice dose of insurrection. Or five. Oh, five. Yeah, I already, dude. I I freely admit I love five. Well, I freely admit I love this movie, and you've never seen I it love before. I love this movie, too. I hadn't seen it before now, and I had it on my Amazon watch list for, like, two years straight. And so finally, yay, I got to watch Batman the movie! Yeah, this was an excuse for me to buy it, so... <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so, what do we say about this series? Well, before we start... We need to talk about our experiences with the Batman franchise. Now, Batman was first uh, made in, I think, 1939, I'm checking on this, by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. And um, back in that era, he what we call the Golden Age of Comics, he was kind of this dark Avenger, who he kind of, that's what he first started out as. And uh, if you really want to see the origin uh, of Detective Comics number one, where Batman showed up, oh, Detective Comics number 27, excuse me, uh, look up Linkara. He does, about once a year, he does the origins of heroes, and he covered Batman. But we are actually talking about the Silver Age, because that's where we're kind of what we're uh, hovering around today. It was not in the know, the Silver Age was the kind of how do I put this? The It was fun. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, basically, it began in 1956, uh, is when most people agree it happened, and it stretched all the way to... Let me see. Well, basically, when... 86 is when it basically, it basically wraps up. But at the time, the two events that most people recognize that ended the light can't be done with Silver Age and Return Comics to their gritty start was Speedy, a.k.a. Green Arrow Psychic, doing heroin, and the next year is Gwen Stacy's murder in Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that was the death of the Silver Age. That was terrible and you know it. I approve. I know, and I don't care. But in this Silver Age, we have <laughs> probably the most famous product of the era, the Adam West Batman TV series. Now, Jeremy, what's your experience with the Batman franchise growing up? So, the animated series was my first exposure to the character. Um, 
while I didn't really see much of it at first, you know, I liked what I saw. I liked the episodes I watched, and mainly because it came on after I had to start doing homework after school. Um, but I really got into the series and Batman when it started airing on Saturdays after Superman as part of Kids WB. So most of my exposure to Batman actually came from the fourth season of it, like the new adventures where they did like the art change and everything. And man, Scarecrow scarier than hell. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. While a couple of the redesigns weren't the best, I wasn't a fan of the new version of the Joker, but yeah, Scarecrow was awesome. Yeah. And he got some good episodes, too. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I got into, you know, Batman Beyond, and then for the animated-wise, you know, like, Justice League and all the animated movies, like Mask of the Phantasm, um, Sub-Zero, and, of course, you know, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, which was amazing. Yeah. And all the direct-to-video stuff. That has come out since, certainly. Yeah. Yep. And then for the live-action movies, I saw Forever <laughs> First... Which I really liked forever. Um, but mainly, it was, well, one of the reasons why I really liked it when I first saw it was I was a huge Jim Carrey fan when I was a kid. And so this was, you know, perfect for me seeing Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Jim Carreying it up. But also, just in general, I like, I think Batman Forever is a solid movie. I think it's a good mixture of, like, the campy and the seriousness of Batman. You know, I, they, you get, like, Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, which was always very fun. <laughs> he was great. You mean not Billy D. Williams? Yeah. And I liked uh, Jim Carrey when he first meets him. He's like, I love what you've done with the place. It's so you, and yet so you. <laughs> so, that, Or like when they're punching out guys in the jewelry store, and he goes, here, let me try, let me try. And he punches the guy in the face and then grabs his fist and goes, ow! So, no, I, I liked Forever a lot. And I will admit, when I was younger and I saw Batman and Robin on, it was on, like, you know, the premium channels, I actually liked it when I was a kid, you know, because it was goofy, you know, it was kind of goofy and it was fun. Um, I'll admit, I mean, it's not a very good movie, but I still have kind of a soft spot for it just because, you know, it was something I enjoyed when I was a kid. And I mean, he and I have had conversations where we quoted Mr. Freeze puns at each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. What to the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! We'll party. <laughs> oh, God. That, uh, uh, for my uh, experience, <laughs> uh, I can beat you on that because I was given Batman toys long before I saw either any of the live-action movies or the DCAU was out, I would watch, I would sometimes watch the the Adam West Batman series with my parents, even if I didn't really have an, a clear idea of what was going on at that age, like three to five. And, um, but, uh, it wasn't until, of course, the Tim Burton movies and the subsequent animated series came out that I really started to get into it. Um, the ECAU came along and I was definitely hooked, and my parents have eventually let me watch the live-action movies, uh, but I, it, I only caught Batman and Robin in theaters, unfortunately. I haven't seen any of the Batman movies in theaters. Mm. So the only one I the only one I really regret not seeing in theaters is um, Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, oh seconded. Because Just because of how special that is, too. But also because it's better than all the live-action movies. <laughs> Absolutely it is. 
So the DCU is definitely has a soft spot in my heart, and I've actually gone back and watched some of the other Batman series that have come out since. Not uh, whether it was the Batman, which eh, it's okay. Yeah. And there was Batman Brave and the Bold, which was the Silver Age remade and awesome. Yep. That is a very fun show. I feel bad for not watching more of it than I have, but <laughs> what I have seen of it, I really enjoy. Oh, it's enjoyable. I mean, it, they turned Emperor Joker into a fun storyline, and that's one of the darker Joker storylines. So my most member, one of the parts I remember always is when Joker's in the Batmobile with him, and he's like, "Ooh, what does this do? Don't touch that." Ooh, don't touch that. Oh, what does this do? Click. And then, like, sleeping gas spritz out and knocks him out. And then Batman just smiles. Yeah, the Emperor Joker storyline, Emperor gets the powers of Mix... Well, the comics, it's Mr. Mixplixic. But in this one, it's Batmite. Uh, and, yeah, he just has a ball reef making the universe in his own image and killing Batman every day. Hmm. And they made it a Brave and the Bold episode. Hmm. Yeah. Um... Then there was the most recent um, Beware the Batman, and I've actually gone back and watched it. Like a lot of people, I was kind of pissed off at the time that uh, both Young Justice and the Green Lantern animated series had been canceled. So I I was like, oh, what? And when the, I heard the replacement was going to be the CGI Batman series that had no A-list villains, except for Ra's al Ghul and later Killer Croc, and um, you know, it um, plus a few other things, I just I couldn't I, I had no interest at all, and I, I I just mainly remember for that show is the promo image with the doofy looking CGI Batman, yeah, a dual gun wielding uh, Alfred for yeah. some reason. That's another thing random, that me off. Yeah, random ninja girl, kind and uh, a friggin' pig face dude, and I'm oh. like, oh yeah, that looks like a winner. Yeah, when I saw that, it was like Professor Pig, like. Yeah, that's one of the darker Batman villains. He takes off your face and replaces it with a plastic one that controls you. You know, for kids! It puts the lotion on its skin. Yeah, that's in the comics. In the remake, in the in the Batman, where the Batman CGI, he's an eco-terrorist. Does he... Is he voiced by Nicolas Cage, and does he go, I want to take his face off? No. Aww. But... Rewatching that one, they were the Batman. I got the DVDs from the library. It's actually okay. Uh, yeah, it definitely suffers from none of the big rogues gallery, um, except for the aforementioned generation Killer Croc. But it actually has a serialized storyline. They would add character development from not only Batman but Alfred and Katana, and two and the implied Two Face by the end of the show. So, yeah, I kind of misjudged it, but am I? do I regret the fact that it got canceled? No. You can't make <laughs> Batman without his best ca- best part of it, which is our, the villains. So, And we will move on to this movie uh, after our first break. And how come Batman doesn't dance anymore? Remember the bat to see? <clears throat> <laughs> nice meeting you. Just keep moving. Don't make eye contact. Okay, so in 1966, they decided to create a Batman TV show, 
And as or, this movie that we're covering was actually originally set up as something that was going to be like an advertisement for it, you know, this way to promote the movie be- or before promote the TV show before it started. However, 20th Century Fox was like, that costs a lot of money. Can we just, you know, split the budget? And they were like, okay. So this came out after the first season. Ended. Right. This kind of bridges the first and second season, effectively. Yeah. So, um, by the and end of the first season, there were, the show was definitely at high ratings. The four big villains, which we'll get to in a bit, were established, as long as several of the minor ones. And, yeah, it, well, its box office it wasn't exactly great. Um, it only made around $1.7 million from a budget of $1.5. Uh, it's, it's still well thought of among most Batman fans. Yeah, it's a cult classic. Definitely. At this point. But, let's be honest, it's campy. It's, good lord, it's campy. Oh, but it's, it's campy, and it's fun. Oh, god, is it fun. Just like, the very beginning of this movie, where that, where uh, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson run into the mansion, and Bruce Wayne, like, lifts up the Shakespeare uh, bust and hits a button, and, you know, it opens up and shows, like, the bat poles. I'm like, okay, that's kind of neat. And then as they're sliding down the poles, all uh. of a sudden, Batman hits a switch that says, instant costume change switch. And I just started laughing and went, oh, I'm in for a good time. Yes. Yes, you were. <laughs> so that that right there was one of my favorite parts of the movie, was the instant costume change switch. This movie actually, I mean, it's it's kind of on the short side. It's only 105 minutes, but it meanders. That's the best way to put it. It it doesn't it does, have, it does have a some... standard three-act plot, I don't think. Yeah, it it does feel kind of jumbled. Probably because also, I mean, it's from people who are used to putting together, you know, a short TV show. Yeah. But, like, there's so much just, like, wackiness in the movie and just, like, random, like, goofiness and things or just, like, fun moments that, like, it doesn't, the movie doesn't feel like it drags too much. You know, because there, I mean, I've seen movies that are shorter where I'm like, is this crap over yet? Or, hell, the worst of it all of, like, when I saw the fourth uh, Transformers movie, I was like, all right, this movie's almost over, right? And then I go check, and I'm watching Amazon, so I, like, hit a button. There was over an hour left in the movie. (laughs) I went, what? How is there almost an hour left in this? (laughs) They're literally ending it right now. Oh, okay, never mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, less said about Bayformers, the better. <laughs> I'll just get mad. The and I'm not even transforming that, robots. I'm not even that big of a Transformers fan. <laughs> no, if we ever do any of the Bayformers movies, we're gonna have to have Joe Wan because he will lose his mind. <laughs> <laughs> that will be the movie he will go off. Those will be the movies he will go off on. <laughs> it's like Star Trek Nemesis. Nah, that's okay. Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So, so the overall plot for this movie is, I mean, it beginning pretty much starts like one of the Batman anime, uh, Batman TV shows. But the overall plot is that the four villain, the four big villains from the show, Joker played by Sierra Romero, uh, the Penguin played by Burgess Meredith, the Riddler played by Frank Goshen, and Catwoman replaced uh, played by Lee Merriweather. Lee Merriweather who replaced 
uh, Julie Newmar, because she was unavailable for the movie, uh, they're teamed up and they're trying to take down Batman, uh, among other things. As well as take over the entire world. Of course. Which, yep, I do like it when uh, they're trying to figure out who's behind this, and they're like, what oh, if it's four of them? I'm sorry, no. man. I gotta I interrupt you on that, because that every time I watch this movie, that little bit alone almost kills me, and I can't watch it anymore, because it is, even for cheesy stuff, that's terrible. <laughs> no, Commissioner. Think bigger. They could take over the world. Which, I gotta say... This is my first real experience with this stuff. Because, like, I've seen, of course, little clips and things. Yeah. Um, when I constantly read that uh, Nicolas Cage did an Adam West Batman impression when he was in Kick-Ass, and I was like, okay, like, I haven't seen it. So now seeing this movie, oh, my God, Nicolas Cage did the greatest Adam West Batman impression of all time. Yeah. You did such a good job of mimicking, like, the mannerisms and, like, the little tone and, like, the random pauses and stuff. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, um, Adam West is so good as Batman. He is so much fun. Just because he plays, like, he plays it straight, but, like, the performance is a little wacky, you know, along with everything else. So it's just, like, fun to see, like, the crazy villains and Batman, you know, talking, like, random halted tones like people always kind of make fun of William Shatner for. Yeah. But um, I need to bring this up because let me see if it's on the quotes here. But Batman, Robin, Commissioner Gordon, I think Chief O'Hara, Hara, in a really bad Irish stereotype accent. <laughs> but Batman, what do we do if they steal my lucky charms? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they. Uh, here we go. Yeah, and this, like I said, this part nearly kills me every time. Quote, it could be any one of them, but which one? Which ones? Batman, pretty fishy what happened to me on that ladder. And that's the Penguin reference. Barbara <laughs> points out, it points it ha happened at C, a.k.a. C. C, as in Catwoman. <laughs> Batman points out an exploding shark was pulling his leg. <laughs> and all that's up to his sister... Sinister Riddle. I lo I actually like this part. Uh, yeah, this it, great. it nearly kills me every time. It's so good. Oh, man. Uh, it was and so yes, funny. folks, this is the appearance of the bat shark repellent. Yep, which, and not only that, I love the fact that, so, Batman gets attacked by this, obviously, fake shark, and he's, like, punching it and everything, and Spencer Forever is, like, punching it in the face, and you can hear, like, the plastic getting, like, doom, doom, doom. And he goes... Robin, get the bats, the shark repellent bat spray. And so Robin looks over, and it's got whale repellent bat spray, shark repellent bat spray, stingray bat <laughs> repellent bat spray. Man. Oh, God. It whale repellent, man, Shamu got vicious. <laughs> oh, my God, free willy. It's um, <laughs> magic. I know, so, so, like, he passes it down to Batman, and Batman just sprays the shark, and it just kind of falls, and then it explodes. And he's like, an exploding shark! Yep. Joker. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man, yeah. The, there's so much just, like, random wackiness in this movie. Uh -huh. And I love the fact that I read that 
Cesar Romero didn't want to shave his mustache. Oh, he so did. You can they, see the mustache. You can see his but They just put the makeup over it so you see his mustache. And honestly, I think that adds to it. Oh, it, it just makes the jo- makes the Joker look even more wacky. The fact that he grew a mustache and then put white makeup over it. <laughs> it just fits the character so well. So the overall plot here, besides, you know, offing Batman, is that Penguin has bought a pre-atomic era World War II sub, and he's using it to lead the others in, again, taking over the world. And how they're going to do this, they have a dehydrator device created by this Commander Schlitlap, who is this this odd character. I love his name, Commodore Schmidlap. I love that name. Yep, which basically, it's a... It's a ray gun that allows people to be dehydrated and later rehydrated another time. And turned into dust. Yeah. The idea is that they're going to um, not cough Robin and Batman, but and uh, kidnap the <laughs> United yep. Security Council, a.k.a. the UN proxy. Yep. Is this a thing in movies? And I've seen in video games, too, where the UN is never named. It's always something else or something a, a pretty obvious proxy. Maybe it's like a legal thing or a licensing be. rights thing. So, there's some... How convenient uh, that the UN is now located in Gotham. Indeed. So, we also, there's also a lot of other famous one, one-offs in this movie, like Batman trying to get rid of a bomb. Oh my god. <laughs> it's just running around holding this giant bomb, like this t- this stereotypical looking little like you know basketball bomb, and he keeps running into like random people. It's like, oh no, nope, the, the same group of nuns, the same group of woman with a baby carriage, and at yeah. one point he's trying to run down a, a a pier, and it's a band walking down and blocking his path. And this is supposed to be like in the bad side of town, you know? Oh my god, it was so good. <laughs> he finally he goes to throw it in the water and he sees a bunch of fish and he's like, No, I can't no, no, harm no, these fish. fish. It's baby ducks. <laughs> oh, then he's, yeah, he sees the baby ducks. <laughs> oh, uh, we also have um <laughs> I don't love it. And then it goes off off screen and Robin's like, No, Batman and then Batman just like walks out from oh. behind some metal. He's like, Don't worry, Robin, I'm just fine. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I, I think those costumes were expensive. They didn't want to get dirt and stuff on. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then Catwoman's whole gig, the entire this entire movie, is that she's trying to pose as a Russian reporter to get close to Bruce Wayne, so they could kidnap him and have Batman come rescue him. I love her name is Miss Kitka. Yeah, Kitty Cat. Gee, God, <laughs> world's greatest <laughs> detective there. Yep. <laughs> Oh gosh, <laughs> and I do like that she tries to seduce Bruce Wayne, not knowing that he's Batman. And so they have a scene where uh, Robin and Alfred are tailing them, looking completely, you know, inconspicuous at the time. And, and they cut over, and Alfred is wearing a mask. Yeah, <laughs> the Robin too. mask. <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> oh. I got. There's also some other rather silly stuff, like when the Batcopter crashes. <laughs> I just like the fact that they have a bat. They have a Batcopter. They have the Batboat. Yep. 
Well, the bed copter not only crashes, it crash it lands on top of a foam rubber distributor conference. <laughs> yep. I love the fact that the bat copter has the bat ladder. Because they lower it down. Oh, yeah, and there's labels, the bat ladder. Yep, there's literally a sign hanging from it that just says bat ladder. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take our second break. Mr. West, you said there was a job for me. There was when I called you 45 minutes ago. Go on, Superman. Your secret identity is safe with me. Quick, Pete, to the bat microphone. (laughs) Holy pop filter, Jeremy. I don't have mine around. The um uh, the and then I have to mention there's this one scene that even stretches my, I mean it's fun but at the same time stretches my submission to the after the babcopter crashes, Robin wisely points out let's commandeer a taxi, to get to the end because that's where they know the bad guys are going to be. Nope, Batman mm-hmm. says we got to run. So they do. <laughs> they run, the entire way instead of getting a car. See, one of my favorite moments was their anti-drinking message. Yeah. It's like, I'd rather be dead than drunk. Yeah. Yes, I know this is the Silver Age, and the the comics industry is worried about sending them any kind of wrong message. Yeah, but... Oh, God. I mean, and people complain about, like, the PSA stuff that happens in current TV shows. Oh, I know. Like message this was just this wasn't even like trying to beat around the bush. This was pretty much punching you in the face with it. <laughs> through and through, this is just a fun movie, and even stuff like that is just entertaining because it's so kooky and like some of the stuff that dates this movie, like all the sixties visits in the sixties, just makes it more fun now. Oh, absolutely. It's so like well in the very beginning when they're in the back copter and they fly over a roof and it's a bunch of bikini clad women and a guy like with them just kind of waving to them and I'm like yep it's the 60s and then of course we we would be terrible if we didn't mention the sound effects at the end of the at the end wisely the movie waits till the very climactic fight to pull off the bam pow the things you would see in the show kerplop yeah. <laughs> Which I do like that those things, I think those pop out also to help you distract you from the fact that they're really not hitting each other. Oh, no, this is stage fighting, and it's cheesiest, too. Oh, God, I love it when they attack Bruce Wayne, and he swings, misses one guy by a mile, and the guy just prat falls into the couch. (laughs) Oh, it's classic. I'm, I'm still, I almost wanted to, like, when the submar- the Batman is trying to force the villain submarine to the surface, I was actually thinking of Rathacon there with the Battle of the Matara Nebula. Because <laughs> it's... Yeah. Penguin's like, he tasks me. <laughs> he tasks me and I shall have him! <laughs> oh. I'll chase him round Gotham Observatory! <laughs> Round Arkham before I give him up. Before I give him up. <laughs> oh. I was thinking more the you know submarines in space business. I I know. <laughs> Batman Two: The Wrath of Penguin. <laughs> the Wrath of Nah. 
I love the penguin in this movie. He's never been one of my favorite villains in this series because oh. he's always just kind of dumb. But in this, he's so perfect, and Burgess Meredith is so funny. Oh, let's be honest. The the best part about the series and movie is that the fact that they made the villains not only memorable but quite likable. Joker yeah. probably would not have come back nearly as well as he did um, in both comics and later everything else that came back. If not for this series. Oh, God. Caesar Romero is so good. I love it when he goes to serve the uh, British, the Commodore T. He's like, pip, pip. And Joe goes, pip, pip. And he comes back out, pip, pip. <laughs> oh, everyone, you could tell, had fun making this. Oh, my gosh. And the Riddler. Oh, my God. Frank Gorshin is so good as the Riddler. <laughs> Just all four of them were so good, so memorable. Just it, This is the most fun I've had in any of the live-action Batman movies, and wow. they're the most enjoyable villains out of all the movies. Like like I said, I really like Batman Forever with, you know, Jim Carrey's the Riddler and Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face, and it can't be fun. And, of course, you know, Arnold is, for good or for, you know, better or for worse, is very memorable as Mr. Freeze. <laughs> but yeah, Mr. Freeze was, this one was in the series, but... Uh, to give you an idea of how well the animated series had an effect, Batman and Robin copied that origin story. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I know that the animated series pretty much turned Mr. Freeze from, like, a toss-away villain into something, like, someone way more respected and everything. And right. the episode Heart of Ice, where he was introduced, is considered, like, one of the best in the show. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So... Yeah, and then, of course, you know, Adam West, very fun as Batman, and like I said, he's kind of, you know, has a little bit of a serious tone, but it's also, he has, like, the campy feel because of, like, his halted tones and everything, and a little bit of exaggerated movements. Uh, he's very good, uh, and of course, Burt Ward was really fun as Robin. Even if he needs to wear pants. Yeah. <laughs> he's wearing pantyhose. I mean, that's... Yeah, I could tell. Um... Uh... Point is, it's it's a it's not even a guilty pleasure of mine, except for the logic scene. I'm sorry that that really bothers me. <laughs> like even for camp, that's yeah. But you know what? Like honestly, I really like this depiction of Batman, and it's just part of the fun. And it can honestly, this movie contains everything about what people like about Batman. He's an expert detective. He struggles with keeping his life as Batman and Bruce Wayne separate. He's a really good fighter, and he has gadgets to get out of any situation. Oh, this is James like, Bond level of gadgetry, but yes. Oh, yeah. But still, like, this is pretty much all the stuff that defines Batman in, like, modern times, And too. you've got the memorable villains with eccentric exactly. personalities. Honestly, the only difference between this and, like, the modern takes on Batman is the tone. Oh, no, parents. My parents uh, are dead. Where are they? Yeah, and that and, you know, I mean, Adam West is a better actor than Christian Bale. Oh, but, you know, shots obvious. fired. Oh, not shots fired. That's freaking obvious. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman. Dude, Uma Thurman in Batman and Robin did a better acting job than Christian Bale did. There, I said it. Wow, man. <laughs> All right. I'm not necessarily agreeing with you, um, because I, but Uma Thurman, I am always a fan of, so... Even if she was com 
playing it completely campy in that movie, I did like her in it. <laughs> I have some wild oats to sow. Oh, God. <laughs> now, it's interesting to note that this movie, Bridging the First and Second Season, second, uh, second season was when the show started to decline shortly, and then third season was when... Uh, was the final one, but that girl actually got a major start in the third season. Mm. Um, yeah, I saw um, there was some information saying they wanted to do a sequel to this with Batgirl in it, but unfortunately they didn't have the budget. They weren't either weren't given the right. budget. I mean, based on the show even was, for the sixties, this could only stand on its own so long. Yeah, but know. honestly, like for what this is, it is so much fun and. I, Even the I series really is fun. So yeah, I I need to seek out the series because I've never watched it, um, and I've never seen this movie, and I've wanted to. I just never got around to it. Like I've done that with the movies before, and I, that's why I was so hyped to do this episode because I really wanted to watch the movie. And you know what? It lived up to everything I wanted. I really enjoyed this. I thought this movie was fun. I think everyone should see it. Like. Don't take it shows you don't need to take Batman so seriously. No, he doesn't. I mean, Batman. He doesn't need to be grumpy McSnark face. You know. No, the uh, Batman, the Brave and the Bold. I mean, TV show showed that much as well. I mean, yeah. it took the Silver Age and ran with it. Although it has one of the darker episodes of any Batman cartoon I've ever seen. The one where Bat- Bruce finally gets to confront the man who killed his parents. And has, is on the verge of killing him. Ooh. Yeah. That's in that show. All right. I won't spoil for you how it ends, like whether he does it or not, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I need to watch more of that show. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. I, well, they, I love... Uh, they had hmm? um, Kevin, Conroy, uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill on as the Phantom Stranger and Spectre, respectively, trying to tempt Batman one way or another. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Honestly, I really liked this iteration of Batman, and I I think this is my favorite of the live-action movies. Like I said, <laughs> I like... I've always liked Forever, um, because, you know, like the good mix of camp and seriousness and stuff, and I thought that one actually hit a good, you know, in-between line, where if Batman Robin was a little too ridiculous... And Batman, well, Batman Returns was, it tries taking itself so seriously, you just kind of look and go, are you freaking kidding me? It's freaking Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Why am I supposed to be taking this seriously? Yeah, I I didn't like the Burton movies, because I tried watching the first one. I got to the point where Michael Keaton goes, I am Batman. And I went, okay, nope, I'm done. See, those are actually my two favorites of the live actions, uh, or the Burton pair. Because I honestly think they do the best at, yeah, they're not as much camp, but I think they're the best of emphasizing what the original character was meant to be. And I think that's the best Catwoman I've ever seen. So, yeah. and I'm not just saying that because of the Austin costume. So I thought I thought Jack Nicholson was pretty good as the Joker. Um, I just, I don't know. It's I, the right it's Joker. Basically... For me, it's kind of like the Heath Ledger thing where I like – I think he does a really good job with what he's given, but he's not given very good stuff. Fair enough. That, that's fair. Yeah. Like, because people always say, like, oh, Heath Le- – you know, the Heath Ledger Joker was amazing. I'm like, Heath Ledger did a really good job. I have nothing against his performance. He did a very good job. 
with what he was given. That That's basically my opinion on that one. Yeah. I, I love this version of the Joker, though. Well, <laughs> he's just fun. Well, we're on the note. This is going to be on the... We're admit this is a shorter episode, but this is the product that made Batman fun back in the 60s, but there was another product that really solidified Batman in his return to the dark and gritty. That's yep, what which, we're going to do next. Yep. Next time... Uh, actually, you know what? We're going to keep you in bat suspense because we're going to do a bat... We're going to do a little bat plug for our bat website. Uh, you can find us at frustratedpodcast.com. We're on iTunes. We're hoping to be on Google Podcasts, uh, Google Plays Podcasts when it launches. I've already arranged for that. But as of this recording, is yet to come out. So, so next time, we're going to be taking on the direct-to-video pair of movies that are based off of what brought Batman, what made Batman dark again, which is, ironically, The Dark Knight Returns, part one and part two. You know, so stay tuned, everyone. Same bat time, same bat podcast. (laughs) 